0: It's the thrill of one more kill, the last one to find. We'll never sacrifice their will.
1: Giants 38, Colts 10. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, with my co-host, Justin Penick. And we're celebrating the playoffs. The Giants lock up the sixth seed with a blowout win versus the Colts. They are locked into that sixth seed, so they'll be facing the number three seed two weeks from now in the wild card. Justin. We came into this game asking for a win. This is a game they should have won. And not only did they win, they dominated from, uh, not start to finish, but They dominated to the finish.
2: Yeah. And they did it in front of their home crowd too, which man, do we, do we deserve that? You know, all, all those fans that, you know, either you make the trek out once a year or you make the trek out to MetLife stadium, eight, nine, 10 times a year. If you include preseason games, man, did giants fans deserve to see this at home. And, you know, us wearing blue and getting all excited and from start to finish, MetLife Stadium was really a party today. It was so, so fun to be a part of. And Bobby Skinner, we we deserve this, man. We really do. And for me, this isn't even just a, wow, the Giants won this game against the Colts, and it was a really great game. Clinching the playoffs has me really looking at, like, reflecting on how far that we've come. This is like a how far that we've come moment. Forget winning games. The last two years, when it got into, like, the month of December and January, you know, not only were we looking to maybe win games, but we weren't even sure if we were going to score points, and we weren't even sure what this year was going to hold, you know, this 2022 season. We had no idea what it was going to hold. The regular season is going to end with Brian Dable, Joe Shane, the New York football
1: Giants, and us going to the playoffs. Bobby Skinner, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm, I'm I'm amazing, man, and you know we'll, you're gonna, we're going to we're going to talk about like if you know our whole like if they made the playoffs, what went right scenario, but man, I remember even going back to training camp practices, and we look at how efficient Daniel Jones is, and we're going to talk a lot of Daniel Jones um, in this episode, obviously, but it's like you remember coming away from those training camp practices, like this does not look good, man. Like there was days where. There were like multiple days where they're completing like 25% of their passes in practice it was bad. and and DJ's missing guys with like and it's just like man this is this is brutal right now I don't know this this offense does not look like it's gonna look good until now where it's like DJ just operates uh, flawlessly like this offense you know um, they've done so much you know the first playoff since 2016 this will be the first non Eli playoff game since 2002 which will be wow weird. Like that's that's, cool that's something I, I wrote down the line in my notes. I'll just say it now. With Daniel Jones, like because we're going to talk a lot about Daniel Jones and very positively. I'm excited to see that kid in the playoffs. I really am. Like I I like what he's made of, and this year he's put it together. You know, with the good with good coaching, and he is a player where like I'm not worried about him in the playoffs. I'm worried that guys will let him down in the playoffs. Like I, I am excited to see what number eight does in the playoffs, because I really think he's the kind of guy that's made for that type of shit. You know, even at Duke. Like, I remember him playing Clemson, you know, that game. You look back at the score and the stats, and you're like, oh, he didn't play well in that game. Go watch that game versus Clemson, you know, and that was Clemson at their peak. And he was getting lit up, play after play after play, still delivering throws, and guys were dropping passes. You know, whether it was, you know, him scrambling to the left, throwing the ball 45, 50 yards downfield, a dime, wide receiver drops it. Like, So I'm very excited to see him in like the, toughest of moments because this is where you you really find out a lot about about a lot of players yeah and the thing with jones is how much adversity has he gone through
2: in his career i mean you already mentioned a duke you know the, all the adversity you know that, that he went through there and i think you know i i hate to do this but this is what you know him and a uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback like Eli Manning. This is what they have in common: is that they're able to take these hits, whether it's the physical hits or whether it's the the hits of how many coaches did you know has Daniel Jones gone through? How many play callers has he gone through? How many wide receivers is he throwing to? How many times have offensive linemen gone in and out, in and out, in and out over the course of you know of his first four years of his career? And the dude just keeps fighting back and he's getting better. He's not getting worse. You know, he he's getting better as time goes on and you know, he's always just been a guy that's so easy to root for and you know, it's re- we're reaping the benefits of it right now and he is operating really flawlessly. Like we talked about, I think it was was it after the Washington game, Bobby, where we said like he just has really good command of the offense. Yeah. If he had really good command of the offense then, what what does the last 2 weeks mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, the last two weeks he's, he's just been, like, the last two weeks he's balling. The whole year he's been playing just well, you know, and doing everything, like, that the offense is asking out of him. Right, you but know? they're
2: giving him the tools, I feel like, these last two weeks, and it's very cool and interesting to see that they let him do it the second week in a row, because the Colts defense, I know the Colts are bad, they, they definitely were packing it in. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that's wrong in Indianapolis right now, but... The Colts defense is better than Minnesota's defense. Especially, you know, the Colts passing defense is better than the Vikings pass defense. Vikings pass defense is the worst in the league. It was cool to see the coaching staff give him the tools to be successful by letting him kind of throw in early downs and also by, you know, they were they, they were running him a little too much in the second half, in my opinion, but they gave him the tools to be successful. And man, was it just an awesome, productive? If points were going on the board today. It was because of Daniel Jones outside of the land that Collins pick six.
1: And we asked the question, like, okay, we have a game where the Giants should win. Like, you know, they, you know, are they going to go back to some of their old stuff or are they going to continue to put this offense in Daniel Jones' hands? Today is the answer. Like, they understand this. For this offense to be successful, it has to be through Daniel Jones.
2: Lo and behold, <laughs> we, we're watching an NFL offense. That's what the last two weeks feels like. We're watching an actual NFL offense operate – Lo and behold, when you watch an NFL offense, usually those offenses let the quarterback be the ones that are, they're the heartbeat of the offense. They're the ones that are driving the offense down the field. They're the ones, they're the reason why points are being put up on the board. And that's what we have seen over the last few weeks, not just Daniel Jones playing extremely well, but the coaching staff letting Daniel Jones cook, do the things that he needs to do. I feel like I'm watching a competent NFL offense, and it's because the quarterback is the one that's running it.
1: Yeah, and I mean and today, nineteen to twenty four, completed seventy nine percent of his passes. Uh, you know, he had five incompletions. Two were to Saquon, one was a drop, other one was that remember the the first drive of the game where it was the third down, and it's like, oh, he almost got intercepted. That was like a clear defensive pass interference where the linebacker just runs into Hodgins. Run straight in the Hodges, and they don't call it, you know, in this game. You know, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. On the ground game, 91 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, like, I, like you said, he was the offense, and in the running game, when they did hand the ball off, they did it well. They did it when it made sense, and that, uh, you know, that led to success. You know, this is three straight games of Saquon going over four yards a pop, which we were in a nasty, a nasty, like, run where they were trying to force it to him, and it just was not working. Now they're letting the game come to Saquon. Um uh, but Justin, with Daniel Jones, overall, like he's had a bad wide receiver court and uh, not a great O line, and he just continues to elevate others. You know, whether it's this game in the season, you know, in 16 games with this 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 unit with this offensive line, he has five interceptions. Five interceptions. That's that's great numbers.
2: Do you remember the the context around some of them? Like, let's try and go
1: through them because I think one was a David Sills falling down. We got one David Seals, you yeah, have the tennis. Well, it's, there's five, so we can go through quickly. First yeah. one, t- Titans, horrible. Can't have that. That's definitely the worst of the bunch. David Seals throwing down, falling down versus the Cowboys. Two versus the Lions, the Hutchinson one dropping back. Um, and then he missed on the fourth down. He overthrew, uh, Cager on the fourth down. And then last week versus the Vikings where he made the right decision, just put it behind Hodgins a little bit. So again, on, on those plays, there's, Two bad decisions, and one is like, uh, okay, like H- Hutchinson dropped back into coverage and he didn't see him. But there's two ba- out of his five interceptions, two were just bad decisions. Yeah, two were two were misses, and then one was wide receiver error. Which
2: in an offense that isn't explosive, you know, putting up thirty points every game and getting five, six, seven, you know, plays of twenty plus yards every single game, you need to play almost perfect. You you need to when you don't have those twenty plus yard plays. And when you have an interception rate that 's around of one percent, you know I think now it 's maybe one and a half percent. Um, it's like among the league's best, that's exactly what you got to do. And, you know, Jones, even today, I know Bobby, you're going through some, some season stats. I mean, his EPA per play today, or, you know, yesterday versus the Colts was in the 96 percentile. His CPOE was in the 91st percentile. So even the advanced stuff, which a lot of people like to point at the box score. Well, Jones didn't have 300 passing yards. He didn't light up the box score. Um, you know, in the, in the areas in which elite quarterbacks are elite in every week, um, Daniel Jones was elite in those areas. So. Dad, keep keep going on Daniel Jones.
1: Well, and then today, like the rushing, like he's, he's been the Giants' leading rusher in three out of the last seven games. He has seven hundred seven rushing yards on the year, which is fifth most out of all quarterbacks. Seven rushing touchdowns on the year, which is third most of all quarterbacks. Like, and and that, So we talked about it probably a month ago on a mailbag podcast, and people took it as a slight. But we're like, I don't think Daniel Jones has improved on a ton. He's just finally got good coaching. Who knows how to use him, you know? Mitch and he's managed, playing, you know, yes. playing well. Here's the one area. And people like people will say pocket manipulation, um, where I think he got a lot. He, I think he improved on that a lot in 2021. But now with this offense, now that has some more horizontal you know, parts to its game plan and not stationary isolation routes. The, the area where he's improved, to me, is creating in the pocket. Not maneuvering the pocket, but creating in the pocket. Like you see it in to- the red zone. Yeah, and again we've seen, yeah the last couple weeks the touchdown the to Hodges today man like that was beautiful so like the running game got them down there then they had the the penalty by by uh, Nick Gates we have second and goal at the seventeen gets that quick throw to Richie James and then like you said steps up in the pocket runs out to the right finds Richie James touchdown difference between seven and three points
2: in years past you get that penalty Nick Gates gets that penalty that was already a somewhat difficult you know. Blank into goal situation just because the Giants were setting up, like past the five yard line, and then Nick Gates gets—I believe it was a second and four, third and four, or something like that—and then Gates gets that you know tripping penalty or whatever. In years past, the drive's over. We're, we're thinking three points. They wound up with seven points, which is incredible.
1: Well, we we're the number six red zone offense in the NFL. You know what we were last year? The number thirty-two. You know what we were the year before? Number thirty-one.
2: And it wasn't close. It yeah, wasn't close. It was-
1: and they're and they're able to produce in the in the red zone. Um you know, today. Set they had seven drives today, Justin. Four touchdown drives, one field goal. Ooh, how come they couldn't cut it in for seven there? Well, that was at the end of the half, where they got the ball back with thirty eight seconds left on the other side, uh, and DJ gets them in the field goal range. Um uh, and they face seven third downs too, which man, is that a
2: you know, is that a testament to an offense that's moving the ball well? I mean shocker. I mean the the last time the Giants as a team scored over thirty points was uh, October eleventh, two thousand twenty. The last time the Giants' offense scored over thirty points was December twenty second, two thousand nineteen. So there were <laughs> there there were a lot of records that were that were kind of broken today. You know, Giants going to the playoffs, Giants' offense scoring over thirty points, Giants as a team scoring over thirty points. So a lot of things were going right, but still seven third downs faced. They were they were they were popping, man. They they were they were going off. Um, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I, I actually, I went to go look at the third down stats because the DJ had some nice, like, the Bellinger, the Bellinger third down catch. And that's why you like a guy like Bellinger. It's like, that's just a tough, like, box out the, the safety. Get your hands out there. Catch that ball away from your body. And I saw, like, when I saw they're playing man coverage, I was like, hit, hit Bellinger on the sit route. Hit Bellinger on the sit route. Gets him. Um, converse that. He also had uh, one on his legs. But like you said, like, I was like, oh, the third down stats aren't, like, they don't pop out of you because they didn't face third down a lot in this game. They just did well when they did uh, get put in those situations. Um, also, that Richie James touchdown was on third down. Um, you know, but so again, like I was talking about with the drives, like four touchdowns, a field goal, a fumble by Darius Slayton, and then that punt on the first on the first drive of the game, the punt where, again, they missed a DPI on Hodgins. It wasn't like, a, oh, Hodgins got yanked a little. Like the linebacker just ran straight into Hodgins. While the ball's in the air, so it's not even like a judgment call. It's like no, that's that is like defense. That's defensive pass interference by a yeah. mile. So again, they, he just he played essentially perfect. And if we're looking at the whole season right now, he does not miss throws. Obviously, there is going to be missed throws in games, but for the most part, you look at other quarterback play. He does not miss throws. He doesn't make mistakes. He does not make mistakes with where he's going with the football. Uh, and he's become he, he's manipulating the pocket and he's creating plays yeah. with his legs. Where you remember those first two games of the year, where you looked at the stats and they weren't bad, but it's like he's got to like keep his eyes up. Like he's just running, and he's changed that as the year went along. Yeah, got come more comfortable in the offense, and you're seeing the fruits of it.
2: Yeah, which he's he's finally gotten comfortable with some receivers too. Which that's huge. I mean, Richie Richie James and him have always had a pretty solid connection, but I think that's gotten. Even better as the season has gone on. Isaiah Hodgins uh, has added some nuances uh, to his route running that Giants that a Giants wide receiver hasn't had this year. Um, and Darius Slayton is you know still having like a career year in the sense of he's extremely efficient and you know he does some good stuff. Yards after the catch. I know he had a relatively quiet game. That throw, by the way, I don't want to forget this. Darius Slayton's only catch today. Daniel Jones was this at the was that at the end of the first half.
1: Um, make, well, he had the fumble on one catch, and then there um, was a, there
2: was another catch that he had. I thought he only had one catch. The, he had two there catches. was an, two catches. So the the catch that
1: he didn't fumble on, DJ was getting tackled. He was about to get sacked. Oh yes, getting tackled and, and he threw the ball while he was going to the ground. Like that was yeah. a nice throw. Awesome. I mean, out of all
2: the throws and all the plays that happened today, I thought that was easily the most impressive play cuz the dude is literally getting tackled and sacked he's going to the ground and he throws it not only a little bit down the field throws it towards the sidelines and past the sticks first down
1: giants
0: that you was some awesome you could hear the crowd
1: cheering through the tv oh, yeah. when that play happened like that was awesome you could awesome tell the stuff. crowd the crowd really appreciated that play all right bobby do you have do you have anything else
2: on on jones cuz i i kind of want to i want to talk about coaching and i want to bring up like some different scenarios of what this Giants team has had to go through. Because while Daniel Jones is having this, you know, obviously the the career year, you know, a little bit of a breakout year, let the Giants to the playoffs, you know, we're excited to see him in the playoffs because you know, I feel like he really deserves it. The dude's got guts. Do you have anything else to say on Jones? Because I do want to give the coaching the, you know, the props I, that I it deserves I want to talk still. about the
1: wide receivers later on, but so, it's, so that'll have some indirect DJ, but go with what you're saying. Because Well, no, I
2: kind of do want to talk about the wide receivers right now because I have like three different, main scenarios and feel free to add to it if you think of anything else okay go for it so the Giants are going to the playoffs if you were to tell me that in the month of September so here's what has to happen right during the 2022 season Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, and Stoning Shepard at least two of them have to be healthy and contributing right no no <laughs> that not none, none of that is is true which is such a crazy crazy wild thing to think about. And again, this is a show, this is a moment, this is a game where I can't help but just reflect on how far this team has come and thinking about what we what we were thinking in August and September about if this Giants team is going to be successful, this is what has to happen. XYZ has to happen. And num- probably the the number one thing is Kenny Galladay, Kadarius, Tony, Sterling, Shepard, two out of those three guys have to be
1: contributing and healthy. And none of them are. None of them. No, and and what they've gotten out of the wide receiver room has just been ability to be relied on, in a sense. You know, like that's why Isaiah Hodgins has been such a huge addition. You know, we talked about him a little bit last week, a lot last week, because he had his biggest game. Um, but it's like it's he's not adding some amazing like wide receiver ability to the room. What he's ad- adding is just solid route running and being trustworthy at the stem and just good timing, right? Like, that that's what Hodgins is. Like, he's getting those slants and he's being able to make some tough catches in contested areas and contet- tough contested th- catches because he doesn't separate. You know, and DJ's not afraid to throw those in there. So, like, you just added some reliability. Where Marcus Johnson, there was no reliability, just a speed on the other troughs. David Seals out there, I mean, he's just not an athlete. He's not the athlete to play in the NFL. Um, you know, and then Galladay—it's like Galladay couldn't get off the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then you know Tony, when he was out there, it's, Tony never even really got out there for the Giants this year. Right. But even even then, it's like he's—you know—there's he's, some like you can't trust him with some of the more diverse, like more complex, uh, option routes and stuff. So like him, and then Richie James has just been solid in the slot. You know, like I think that it, like Richie James's production of eighty catching eighty-one point four. 81.4% of his passes That's a Daniel Jones type. Same with Hodges, 78.5% passes with DJ You know uh, And then Bellinger Like we like Bellinger Like we just need Like what well, we've always asked For the tight ends With with Daniel Jones You know maybe if we had Josh Allen We want like The speedier tight end Would be a bigger advantage For, for the Giants but with Daniel Jones, like just give us a solid, reliable guy, a guy who can block and can be make tough catches and contest uh in, in the check down areas in the middle of the field. Well, he's catching eighty six percent of his passes on the year. And you saw that today, with the you know, the throw down the sideline, good catch, and then that third down conversion. Like that's what we want out of you guys. And DJ is making the most out of a very lackluster wide receiver room. I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the replay right now. Was that
2: Daniel Bellinger twenty four yard catch the same play that they ran against the Vikings where he fumbled, where Bellinger was lined up in the backfield, or was it a crosser where he was lined up as like a conventional tight end?
1: I leaked out. I, I got to now I got to relook at that. Um, but no, he I I I, I don't remember exactly, but it, he, no, I think he was kind of more on a wheel route because he was kind of going up the sideline, so I think he was maybe like leaking out a little bit instead of just a crosser out of the backfield.
2: Wait, I I have it right here. I'm going to find out. He was. It was. uh, He was lined up as a fullback again. He didn't necessarily go from right to left because he was kind of lined up in the I formation just straight on. He wasn't like offset, but it was the same thing as the Minnesota game lined up in the lined up in the backfield with the hand of the dirt as a fullback and then up that left sideline. I love Mike Kafka and Brian
1: Dable. I love him. Yeah, they've done a very good job, you know, and they had – again, we talked about it before. They had to readjust. Yeah, like, they had a they,
2: rough stretch. They had we, a rough stretch where they were grounded and pounding too much, relying on Saquon Barkley, but they – Play but, action. It, but, but why we loved them to start the season is their ability to adjust with what they're given to the strengths of their team. They did that in the beginning of the season with Saquon Barkley, the explosive plays, but now they've done it, and it didn't take them an off season to figure it out. It took them in-season – Little bit of a losing stretch, but when it mattered most, they, you know, they won some games that's gonna get them in the playoffs. And now I feel like they have some really, really positive offensive
1: momentum heading into the playoffs too, which is really, really key. Yeah, they they went from like handing the ball off and play action was working amazing. And DJ was run, doing it perfectly, Saquon Barkley was balling, and then that stopped working. Teams were playing the play action very well, the run game was just stopped working. Well guess what These last few weeks They've went to More shotgun Just putting their Offense in Daniel's Hands and running The ball Running the ball Not like you was Like like you gotta Feed Saquon Barkley Running the ball Like we're gonna Run the ball When it's smart And it's led to Again Saquon Barkley Had 12 carries Today for Like you would Think a, a team A game the Giants blew out A team they Saquon get 26 27 carries Cause that's what He was getting Earlier in the year Like you know, we blew out a team or had a a safe lead. He's getting twenty-five to thirty carries in a game. Well, this game only had twelve carries, but guess what? Fifty-eight yards, four point eight yards per carry. So not sexy, but it was efficient and it helped get the ball down the field. That first touchdown drive, you know, they had five carries for forty-five yards, got them down to the twenty-one. You know, then a a couple negative runs, and then so they got down to the twenty-one yard line. How did they get in the red zone or that in the end zone? Well. At the 21 yard line, that Daniel Jones went three for three for 29 yards and a touchdown. After that, you know that has to do with penalties, and they were not running the ball well down there. But that, like the running game, got them down there. Like they were playing from light boxes and or rolling the safety down late, so they got some good runs. Um, And again, running when it makes sense and becoming efficient. Yeah, man. See that Richie James flip? That was pretty sick. Yeah, Craig. Part of me is like, don't do that. Like, I love it. I love it. Don't do that, though. Like, we need you. Like, we really, we don't have another slot option.
2: If you were to make a power ranking of the five most offen- the five most important offensive players on the Giants, I'm pretty sure Richie James would be in the top five. Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, Saquon Barkley,
1: one, two, three. So you can do an either or there. on Slayton or Hodgins. I just think Daniel Jones will always handle the slot position well. Like okay. they, all these guys are important now, but, but he's, but Richie James, despite having a huge third down drop last week has, I mean, they showed the stat earlier in the game. They showed the stat in the beginning of the game that he has the second highest catch rate of any receiver, uh, in the NFL, with, uh, with the minimum like, a, of like 50, 50 catches, 50, tar- 50 targets. Yeah. Well, he went seven catches, seven targets this game. Um, so again, I think that's I think that's more of a Daniel Jones stat than Richie James. You know, Richie James has always has, you know, been a punt returner for the 49ers for a long time, and that's what he was supposed to be for the hey, Giants. No,
2: don't don't diminish him like that. Get guess who was on? I we were on. I was on specifically. The Richie James train all spring, all summer, same Madden rating as Andrew Thomas,
1: never forget. That is true. He was the same.
2: Yeah, seventy six. Here's which the thing, though. As,
1: as much as Richie James has done very well for his role, he's also screwed the Giants in a couple games too. Yeah, so, I don't want to
2: talk about that. We're in the playoffs. So Bobby he's, Bobby, he's Bobby. Bobby, Bobby. Take 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 a second here. You're you're such a your brain works in wonderful ways. Of you want to analyze, you want to talk, you want to break down. We're in the playoffs, man.
1: We're in the playoffs now. I want to win the playoffs. Like my mind has, <laughs> I have. There's not a second of me that's like, it's just good to be back. Like there's not a second of me that thinks that. My, th- wh- you know why I think it's good to be back? Because I want Daniel Jones to win a play, win in the playoffs, and I won't be happy with just one win. I want two wins, and then I want like, so. Then you want three. But but when you Lou, look back at this season, that. For them to get to this point is pretty remarkable. It's nuts,
2: man. It, it's nuts, and it only—it really does affirm. I—I I, I do think like the most important thing in in the NFL is coaching. I—I I, I really do. Um, I, I this Giants. I think everybody can agree, for the most part, there are cornerstone pieces of this franchise. Dexter Lawrence, uh, you know. Hey, hey, do we say Daniel Jones? Do we say Saquon Barkley? But Andrew Thomas for sure. There are cornerstone pieces of this franchise for sure. But still it's it's coaching that has elevated this this team that like literally December and January especially you know December over the last two years forget winning games We're not even sure if the Giants are going to go in and score points We don't even know if the Giants are going to score an offensive touchdown I, I was putting in like a I remember doing a poll over the like the last three three or three weeks of the season last year saying will the Giants score two offensive touchdowns and they barely got it. They like it was the final game of the season and they like barely got that second offensive touchdown. I mean even I mean QB sneak. I hate to just bring it up, but the the two QB sneaks. Uh, I I don't particularly always just love to talk about that, but the two QB sneaks. That's like the the Giants were a national embarrassment. They were a national embarrassment. They weren't just bad. They weren't just bad. They were a national embarrassment in the NFL. Fast forward here,
1: and we're back. Yeah, and that's why, like, so like we're all this excited, and it's like, well, they beat the Colts, but there's don't, two reasons why there's two reasons why we're so excited. One, this is kind of like a season long, like we made the playoffs podcast. But here's what did we say on the preview pod, Justin? Like, we weren't just we went into this game like the Giants are gonna win because the Colts offense can't hang. Like, the, like let's let's just be out the Colts offense can't hang; they're too bad they're too bad to, to win this game like the Giants would have to royally screw up on offense but we're like doesn't matter go for their throw play offense and do your best to score as many points as possible and that's exactly what they did I mean everything and again this Colts defense is not as bad as like as people would think because of you know because of how bad their offense is now there's something to be said for players probably being a little checked out for the season for them. Um, you but know, take advantage can, of it.
2: That That's the like, This Giants team
1: should they're not take talented advantage. enough to not just go, like, to take advantage. So, again, this was as much as you want to be like, oh, it's the Colts. Like, there's a lot of pressure. This Giants team still is not that talented. And they went in and a game where winning in a lot of guys have not been in this situation in the NFL. You know, like, we got a lot of, like, like big time players who, like, Dex never been to the playoffs. Leo never been to the playoffs. You know, that's Daniel crazy. Jones, Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, uh, who has you know, been to the playoffs? Our wide receiver rush? core, you know, is, is you know Slayton and Hodgins, and then you know a punt returner from San Francisco,
2: Jihad Ward. I feel like a lot of the defensive, some of the defensive players have been to the playoffs. Adoree Jackson, Adoree Jackson, Jalen Ward. Smith. That that like that like might be it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that is it. Love uh, it. This is so. what this is
2: why it's so important too. This is why it's so important if you think that some of these guys are. Going to be here for a few years, you know, Kayvon, Aziz, you know, e- no matter how many games it is in the playoffs, getting in the playoffs and getting this experience, I think is so, so invaluable. So I, I'm I'm so pumped to do it. I'm so pumped that we did it. I'm so pumped again that we did it at home. I'm pumped that we were there to witness it. Um, And today was just really a Landon, someone just said. awesome day to Landon Collins. Landon we'll Collins. talk about, we'll talk about
1: him in a 2nd We're going to talk about Landon Collins without a hell of a game for him. First, this episode. Well, one of our sponsors for this episode to this episode is this episode. This episode is it's talk. It's us. It's, it's, it's us. The talking giants crew will be having a watch party live stream on the fifth, 14th or 15th floor at Mr. Purple in NYC. We can finally sit. We're saying it out loud. Um, seriously, come on out. Like we, we, we have at this point, we have plenty of tickets left, um, I know we don't know the exact day that the game is going to be yet, but just buy your tickets and come on out. It's twenty bucks. Um, now you you know if you want to eat and drink there, you obviously have to pay for that on your own. But it's twenty bucks to get in. We made that price as cheap as possible, um, for us you know to be able to get that space. You know, like it's it's we're not making any profit off of this. We just wanted to do it. So we're going to be out there. You know, uh, I think other John Boy Media employees will be there too. Um, but you know, come out support. Like this is again. Giants can be on the road. Come, like I, th- I think this will be very fun. Like if you're a ta- if you were a talking Giants fan, this is something where it's like you're th- you're not going to want to miss. it, no, right, Justin? No, never, no. And uh, I was talking with some people today at our
2: tailgate, and then we went to the Candlewick Diner after the game too. I was talking with some people at our, t- at our tailgate. They know Mister Purple, and they know the venue that we're going to. Mister Purple. They said that it is awesome, and I mean how. How many places are there to go in New York City? And the fact that I the just mentioned, crazy. and I'm going
1: to jump in the pool.
2: Um, Bobby's going to jump in the pool if, if we, win, we win. If we win, and then if we lose, I may jump in the pool. Um, we'll just yes. throw Justin in. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll throw me. I, in. I, I,
1: I would love I, that. I'm gonna. I, I just we're gonna have fun there. And and I I made sure. I made sure when I said that when they were looking for a place for us, I was like, let them know we want to get a little rowdy. So yeah. come getting ready. Come ready to get a little rowdy. We're not going to trash the place or anything, but you can we're going to get rowdy. So, we're going to put the, you know, details in the
2: description. We're going to put the link to buy tickets in the description, so that's where you can go. You want to be here, you know, when we're going to be watching the playoffs. We're going to stream we're gonna have a watch party. Um, we're gonna have speakers, so you'll be able to hear us too while we stream. And then, obviously, during commercial breaks and stuff like that. Um, I know, I, I know. Bob, Bobby may want to be stayed in and locked in and focused, but I definitely want to be going in the crowd, hanging out with people, and you know, wa- watching with all you. So it's not just gonna be us streaming and then all you hanging out. You know, we're all, we're gonna be all
1: integrated. And we're all gonna be hanging out together. So. Mm-hmm. Link in the description. Oh, I'm gonna be Chris Farley in the thing. Like I'm gonna be going nuts. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I'm excited. Like I'm I i got to remember like take ibuprofen before because you're gonna get a headache as, mm. as, as crazy as wild as I'm, I'm. I am pumped. Like there's so much energy in me that's ready to just burst.
2: Yeah, you got a you got a okay. little you got a little you got a little
1: headache when uh, when you're screaming a little bit. Yep, and I'm gonna be screaming a ton. <laughs> All right, awesome. so so make sure to come out, Mister Purple, NYC. Fourteenth or fifteenth floor. Actually, let me just let me just clear that up right now. Clear it up. It's a great view too. Like you, you're oh, gonna, it's you're going to beautiful view of the city. If you if you're like a proud of your Instagram, like fourteenth floor. This <sighs> is a this is going to be an Instagram day. Mm-hmm. Instagram. All right, Justin. Uh I talked about why like you know the the Colts' offense was never going to be ha- be able to hang, and they couldn't. Uh but the the key play for me on defense. Like their only offense generated was off of a heave to Paris Campbell that he caught. Um, you know, was that, was that Cordell Flotten coverage, or was it Zion Gobert? No, it was Xavier McKinney. Oh, excuse me. Talking oh, about okay. the fifty yard, the fifty yarder. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought I saw an eight in there. Nah, you, you may know better than me. McKinney was the one that was on him, but he was into like double coverage. But yeah. it might have even been Fabian Moreau on him, uh, or, or or Zion. Could have been anybody in the secondary. That's the moral of the story. By the way, Jeff Saturday, it's fourth and one. You're You're getting ready to run the play, (laughs) nothing to lose. And with one second left, call timeout. Like, never mind, I'm going to kick a field goal. Like, that is the. I I hate talking about situational coaching. Because I think it, like, diminishes, like, 95% of the – the mo, the 95 most important part of the job, and it's just something that's easy for people to talk about that don't know actually, – actually know football. But that is, like – that's, like, you are in the 99th percentile of bad situational coaching doing that. I mean, especially 36 inches when the Giants have one of the worst run defenses in the league. That's what makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, Jeff Sard. But the, the the play of the day for the defense, man, it's 14-3. to three. And in my mind, I'm like, let's get the ball back. Let's get the ball back. And not only do we get the ball back, we get six points off of it immediately. Because mm. Landon Collins, man, he broke on an out route and returned it for six. And I was like, I can't I, – that was like, I cannot believe this is happening right now. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe we're we're clinching a playoff game before halftime and Landon Collins is going for a pick six. That felt like a full circle – Moment. I, I'm not. I didn't really treat the
2: Landon Collins signing. I know. I know some people did as like, you know, reaching out to like, you know, the 2016 Giants and some of the, you know, the towards like, you know, going back even to the Coughlin days and stuff like that. I didn't really look at that Landon Collins signing as trying to bridge the gap between what the Giants were and then, you know, the bad, the bad Giants and trying to, you know, renew it. I didn't really view it as that, but I did feel that. I felt a little bit of uh, nostalgia in that in that moment, knowing like, wow, like we're look at look again, look at how
1: far we've come. Well he just brings some experience and and aggressiveness to the defense. You know, and again we're not expecting him to make but he's made a play or two in coverage every not? game. Why you know? not,
2: man? It's even like that think back to that Jacksonville game. Jacksonville play I mean, he hasn't really been given A lot of opportunities out there, Bobby, but the Jacksonville game, he made like a third down tackle, a third down stop. And what's been really impressive about Landon Collins over the last two weeks specifically, he has made two really, really good plays in coverage when what was the whole thing and the whole frustration point with Landon Collins when he left the Giants and why, oh, he doesn't deserve all that money. It's because we criticized him in coverage. We knew that he was a very, very good run defender. We knew he could play the box, but... He had an awesome pass deflection on T.J. Hawkinson, and then he jumped on that ball today, ran up the left sideline, six points for the Giants. That basically sealed the game, and the game was over twenty-one to three. And I think that was the maybe the second offensive t- second touchdown that we scored that quarter. So awesome, awesome stuff from Landon Collins and the areas in which we weren't sure that he would be strong in.
1: Yeah, and, and it could be like a for me. I think it might be a case of it's like we haven't seen good play from like this position, you know, this linebacker role. Um but yeah, he's going out there and and doing his job well with it. The other guy that we talked hold on. I need I need some edit, edit this out. Hold on.
2: Well, how about this? Instead of Bobby Skinner um, taking a little bit of break, instead of editing, I'm going to read a DraftKings ad because we got to do that. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It's my go-to when betting on the NFL this season and this postseason. I may be betting on the Giants. Bring on Minnesota! Right now, new customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Check this out! Right now, everyone can earn up to one. 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, same place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boosts, the bigger your shot to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code WORLD. New code this year. New year. New code. That's what they always say. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code World talking giants versus the world. Use promo code World when you sign up for DraftKings. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Bobby, uh, what what did you need to go do? Uh,
1: nothing. Uh, wow. I was surprised our code is World instead of Violence because we are a culture of violence. And yeah. my gosh, did that come out today? <laughs> Kavon Thibodeau. Good transition. Kavon Thibodeau, man. And again, we this this play got us the ball back, and one it saved us the timeout. You don't think we end up having to use it? But it saved us, saved the Giants a timeout. Um, You know, when they went to go down and kick a field goal, Kayvon Thibodeau sacks Nick Foles and injures him. By the way, that, you know, that was an untouched sack, but, you know, speed off the edge matters and that type of stuff. And so he did a good job on it. Um, But the first play of the game is the play of the game for Kayvon. Like, Kayvon jacks up that tackle, gets inside, tackle for a loss. And, like, that sets the tone for the game. Like, you are not running the ball on us with ease. Our our playmakers up front on the D-line are going to make plays. And that's something that Kayvon was not doing earlier in the season. stuff.
2: I thought this was his best game against the run this year. No doubt.
1: And he just, like, again, jacked him up. He had another tackle for a loss. Then, Nick Foles is, like, dying on the ground. And Kayvon Thibodeau. Not only is celebrating next to him, the longest sack celebration I've ever seen in my entire life. I timed it. It was over 11 seconds, and he did 10... Uh, snow angels. Snow angels. Snow angles. Or snow, snow angles, as I tweeted. Yep. Um, Video got 2 million views, and you tweeted out snow angles. That's one of those things that everyone understands. It's Everyone knows the difference between angles and angels, but it's just whenever you, sure? you type it out, it's just... Your mind goes to angles. Yeah, it's like it's like me saying net negative and net zero. Yeah. I, yeah I, I, I it's not totally the same. <laughs> um Carl Banks. But uh Kayvon
2: Thibodeau committed murder. Nick Foles like legit had a seizure and he, no, did he didn't know angels. You can't
1: say legit here, he didn't actually have a seizure. He just he, hurt his wrist. He looked he looked like he was Julian. He looked like he was having a seizure. Yeah, but that's not legit. He did he looked like he was having a seizure.
3: Julian. I saw him, uh, I was dying, because it looked like he was having a seizure, and I I was just looking at my roommate, just like, this guy is doing snow angels, he has no idea the dude next to him is just, like, compulsing.
1: And he wouldn't stop, that's the thing, it's not like, oh, he was celebrating next to him, like, no, it's like, Kayvon, and again, I'm not blaming Kayvon, he's just celebrating. Even if he did see him towards the end, I'm not gonna lose my mind over that anyways. This is the second time Kayvon Thibodeau uh, retweeted us this year. What was that
2: video and that edit that you made? It's the
1: Patrice O'Neal stand up of him talking about like football in his days where it's like, he's like, now they, when someone gets injured, you know, they, they, they all pray for him. He's like, not in my day. He's like, we used to chant like he got, he got, I I mean, I could play the clip. I also don't think people realize, but every football
3: team at every level, like the entire team is pumped up when you knock someone out, even if on TV and in slow-mo, like it, it could be seen as dirty. Like. The whole team is hyped for you when you hit a crazy hit and the dude is unconscious. I mean, that is football.
1: And Nick Foles was okay. He was just a rib injury. Um, and k didn't do anything injury. dirty. You know, so, like, I, I, I'm i a big – I think you can celebrate that. Um, you know, that's football. Like, so – Somebody, when I
0: play, if you hit somebody
1: so I, and he didn't get up. I just put this clip, great editing. What do we even pay Julian to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, of all like the play and it shows like Kayvon making the sleep signal on the sideline and, and like him on the cart and I, I just
0: like when we hit somebody when I play if you hit somebody and he didn't get up like we didn't hold hands with the <laughs> with the other team and pray like hold hands and all everyone prays for him to get up we used to do a Indian like sell a hump dance circle around like yeah, this. Oh, 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 oh. Be like, And our crowd's like, he's paralyzed. That's right. Oh, oh, oh. We be looking for his mother crying. Be like, that's right, lady. That's what you get for letting him out here with killers. He can't even wiggle his toes. Take the socks. Take the socks. We would tie his socks around our helmet for the next weeks. Like the next team, they knew, oh, that's the team that be
1: so, just it's, I mean, that's just an all time stand. Like, everyone knows that stand up clip. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau retweeted it and he agreed. Yeah. He's like, y'all crazy. Then he deleted that and then he just a- <laughs> didn't just did an actual retweet of it. A lot of people being like, scumbag retweet. It's like, you know, it's just, it's football. Um, and he's okay. But that, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Nick Foles is okay. So you can laugh about it now. Like, if, if Nick Foles was like actually like hurt seriously, like, no one's, no one's laughing about that. But I just after the game, I was just laughing to myself, being like, "Like Nick Foles is dying right next to him, and Kayvon Thibodeau is doing the longest sack celebration I've ever seen in my life." And entire that was life. insane that they didn't like give him a flag. It the, was over ten was seconds. <laughs> it was ten. He made he did the t- snow angel ten times. Like before, I even realized Nick Foles was that hurt. I was like, is yeah. "This celebrate like Kayvon just won't stop the celebration." It was again, like I said, it was one of the even if. Nick Foles didn't get hurt. It's one of the funniest sack celebrations ever because he just won't stop. De- it's the longest one I've ever seen in my life. There you go. So, Cave on Thibodeau. Culture of violence. Cult, culture um, of violence. Speaking of culture of violence on the defense too, we can get hit up with some other points. Dexter Lawrence just totally manhandled Quentin Nelson and then essentially tackled Quentin Nelson and Sam Ellinger at the same time. Seven and a half sacks for the guy who's not a pass rusher. People said before, not a pass rusher. He's not a. He's a two down player. He's a two. Yeah, okay. Pro Bowler. Should, could could maybe possibly even be All Pro this year. Twenty
2: eight QB hits six. now. He had three QB hits today. He's got twenty eight on the season. Remember how good Leonard Williams' twenty twenty season was? That was thirty QB hits. So Dexter Lawrence, we'll see what they do with him next week. If he gets two more QB hits, he gets to that. Really well, he, like
1: it's, it's an extra game. You know. Yeah. Where, well. Yeah. Twenty twenty was it. that still sixteen? Yeah. Mm, okay, so it's okay. not the same. Right, I'll still, say this. I'll say inch, this. I will yeah, say yeah. this. Leonard Williams' season overall was probably like better, but on a down it down up basis, Dexter Lawrence plays better than Leonard Williams did in twenty twenty. Now, yeah. part of that is playing the nose tackle position because Dex is not doing this at the three tech or the five tech spot. Um, but nonetheless, like he is more of like a a presence than Leonard Williams was. Yes, yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. Um, I think it, I think it's more impressive too, just to have
2: that down in down out presence and to also put up those numbers, those pressure numbers,
1: those QB hit numbers. It's it's absolutely incredible what he's been able to do. And finally, insane. like his his sack celebration was not as appreciated in previous years because he only got like four sacks a year. Now finally, it's like okay, the Dexter Lawrence sack, the sexy Dexy sack is is getting appreciated. Yeah. You know, he's saying sexy Dexy as when he announces himself on Sunday Night Football. But okay, Dex, Dexter Lawrence is finally getting the appreciation. That he's due, Um, McKinney dropped an interception. He's not going to be able to catch very well, but you did see the plays he was able to make from whether it's from too high or center field. It's like okay, that's the difference that McKinney makes. Yep, where other like other guys are even. Oh, Pinock's a really good athlete. He's just late. He's he's just he's just late. Where McKinney sees that stuff and he's able to bite on it. So having him back will be good. I I wish Adori could have played in this game just to get some reps under him. So he's no one that I think needs to play versus Eagles. Can't just have him go out there fresh versus the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. Um. My only neg- really negative takeaway from this game, Justin, mm-hmm. is that I still am very much worried about Darnay Holmes. Like we had a quarterback who couldn't get the ball outside the numbers, but Darnay Holmes is just like he consistently gets beat in man coverage.
2: It looks and, like
1: good coverage that
2: fir- that first drive. Now I couldn't tell. I was sitting in three fifteen. Looked like he was kind of on. T- he was held. it an obvious
1: hold? Obvious hold? Yeah, he held. Okay. Um. Now Flott has played pretty well on the outside. Like I said, like that him dropping that interception was a shame. Not because well, it's a shame because that would have been an interception. They end up scoring a touchdown. But it was a great coverage play, and we get we think of it as a negative play because. But that was great coverage that he he made. Jerome Henderson was really talking about yeah. it too, that where they Cordell Flott was a slot corner at, at LSU. You get Adore Jackson back. I really think you just got to put Flott in the, in the slot. I know he hasn't been yeah. playing there this year. He's been playing on the outside, and it's not the easiest um thing. But I just think uh, and Flott worries me in run defense, where Darnay, despite his frame, actually can play run defense pretty well. Yeah. Um. You know, and that is a huge part of the defense, but I think I think you gotta play flat in the in the slot. Flat in the slot. I, I don't think they've put Cordell
2: Flot in a lot of compromising situations this year. Uh, I've tried to watch game, rewatch games in all twenty-two, and I, I really don't do this super often, but Cordell Flot has been the one rookie this year that's gotten playing time that a lot of fans just haven't talked about what kind of rookie year is Cordell Flott having? And I've tried to go back and rewatch games, and I just don't see the Giants really putting him in situations where... Cordell Flott really has to lock down his man here, make a play here, you know, take care of his business here. I think they've been trying to really help him out whenever he has been in the game. I think he's, he's had two games of 41 snaps this year. It was against the Vikings this past week. And then maybe against the Panthers or a game earlier, very early in the season, he had 41 snaps. So I don't think they're going to make that abrupt of a change at slot corner because I don't agree with this, but, they have put Darnay Holmes more than a few times this year in those compromising tough situations where he's playing man coverage and he's gotta he's gotta lock down. He just hasn't been able to.
1: Yeah, he's, he's played. I don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting to see because that's something that I think they should. Because I mean, Flott's just he's longer, he's better in man coverage. You I know, think and, they're more.
2: I think they would be more likely to go to Zion Gilbert than Flott. What makes you say that? Because Zion Gilbert's actually played in the slot more than Cordell Flott this year. Just having a position change like that. Then I would just keep Darnay at
1: that point, though. Th- then I, th- I think that's exactly what they're going to do. We'll see. Jalen Smith actually made some decent plays today, despite the. Oh, that sack! That that sack! No sack was terrible. <laughs> so there was a lot of defense of him. I mean, like the rules, the rules. My answer to that would be is like tackle with your eyes. You know, and, Hulk, or just Hulk wrap him. up, wrap Hulk up. Him. Where, don't let like, go. Yeah, you don't have to. No one said that you had to drive his ass into the dirt. Um, but you could at least just like wrap up and. I I don't know. It's the like, rules. This is J- this Jalen is Monday. Smith. This is Monday morning quarterbacking. But what I and he did like he did think Foles was getting the ball out. There's like no like, I for one I to two actually I'm going to defend him a little bit. At what point did you ever would you ever think? Foles is like, why would Foles tuck that ball? You know what I mean. Um, so I, I kind of get it. That's a, that's a very, that's a very interesting
2: scenario to care about the rules when Jalen Smith is the king of doing the RKO coming out of nowhere when the play is over and just jumping out a pile. Very interesting scenario to care about the rules when there's so many times you could
1: be flagged anyway.
2: I just don't like him. I yeah, just don't I, like Smith. I don't want
1: I don't want that to, and I think Gerard Davis, who we didn't talk about much, I think he like the 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 nugget came out from the beat that the Giants were trying to get Gerard Davis for like a month, and he thought he was gonna the Lions were gonna end up signing him, and they didn't, um, so he joined the Giants. So I think Gerard Davis might be like he's gonna play next week. I really do believe that. Let's do so it. We'll, we'll yeah.
2: see. Next week is the time to do it. Game doesn't matter for the Giants.
1: Yeah, so we'll 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 see. But I, so as much as I want to be like. I'm gonna put uh, Jalen's got to make a play there, but I also like I do understand the context behind it because, okay. I mean, again, Nick Foles is not Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, uh, Josh Allen. Like when he is sees someone coming right down the pipe at him, and he goes back to throw you, there is no part of your brain that's like he's gonna keep this. So you know, just kind of gave him a little hit. Um, but at the same time, like Jalen Smith does have a bad habit of when he's rushing the passer, like not wrapping up and using his like elbows. Like rushing with his forearms, and st- like like he'll pass rush with his forearms instead of his hands. Um, so there's that. All right. Anything else? And we could talk about quick little scenario talk. Um. The, so I
2: wrote out three situations like like it did with the uh, so the Giants are going to the playoffs. So these things have to go right. The two situations, the biggest ones that I thought of on the defensive side of the ball, you could probably add a lot more. The Giants are going to the playoffs. So, Adoree Jackson and Aaron Robinson basically have been healthy all year. No. Like, that was what we were saying over the summer, right, Bobby? Aaron Robinson has to be healthy. Adoree Jackson, much more important, but has to be healthy. And they were not. Nope. And the second one, wow, the Giants are going to the playoffs, and this is the biggest one. Blake Martinez must be back and balling out.
1: And it's kind of wild that this defense has been able to operate with as bad as the run defense has been yep. pretty much consistently after week one. Now, but even like the you know the Colts, Colts had some success. Eh, no, nah, they weren't able to sustain any success in the run game. Um, But the only thing is, so let's talk about scenarios, it's like who we could play. So right now we play the Vikings. That's who I want to play because here's the thing is part of me, Justin wants to play Brock Purdy, right? No but the 49ers defense is so much better than the Vikings and I've seen Kyle shanahan just run the ball every play in a playoff game he will destroy Jalen Smith and Micah McFadden that's yes. the thing is I can I can see and again mm-hmm. their run offense is not what it was back then but I think versus the Giants they would very much just really sustain stuff running the ball down the field on them um so I, I think I'm still I'm rooting for the Vikings now there's a scenario they could play the Cowboys. That's the scenario like that's the only that's the team I don't want to play the most. We talk no. about it as much as the Cowboys are to me are fraudulent when it comes to are they Super Bowl contenders? They with the Giants, it's just they are just a horrible matchup with talent and what they do offensively. Um that being said, it's hard to beat a team three times. Like I said, Justin, you you said like you told me to like celebrate. I can't. Like my mind is like, all right, win a playoff game. Let's go, let's win. I do win. want Minnesota. I want Minnesota bad. And the reason why I want Minnesota
2: bad, number one, I do want revenge because that that game last week still still hurts me. Should have won that game. Should have, could have, would have, whatever. But I know we can beat them. And I know if we go back to Minnesota when they've already had that vibe, they've already had you know the ability to communicate on offense. They had their most explosive offensive day in Minnesota. They already experienced that. Plus getting a Dory Jackson back – Plus, getting Xavier McKinney back, plus Aziz Ojalari maybe can play for an entire half. Plus, you know maybe they're resting some guys week eighteen, guys that need to be rested, maybe like Leonard Williams, maybe like Aziz. They could be ready to rock and roll and play Minnesota, and I th- and I think they will beat them.
1: That's the thing, man. It's one beating the Colts so badly they were able to rest. Like Aziz barely played this game; I think he had seven snaps.
2: Yeah, but did he get hurt?
1: I think he did just rested him because they didn't, he didn't start the game. They brought him in like towards like in the middle of that first drive.
2: All right, I was I was just hoping that when he left that he didn't get hurt. Um, and then also I think I think Leonard Williams got like a stinger too. But that
1: he he should be a guy that like I don't think they should play Leo next week. They should they just should sit him. But again, you get a Dory back, you get McKinney right. back with a you know another week off with Rust. You know, it's that's this game next game does not matter for the Giants, so they can do what makes sense. I'm. I, Dable made it seem like he's not going to just go all-out rest versus the Eagles. Um, Weiss, NYJ Daily, uh, phrased it as, I was talking with him today, we were hanging out, treat it like the third preseason game. Yeah, I can I can see that. And again, like you said, wait, no, I would treat it like the, I would treat it like a preseason game, not the third preseason. Because the third preseason game, you're only in play, guys. Oh, well, I, I I'm... I was going off of if there are four preseason
2: games. So I guess now it would be, it would be the second preseason game,
1: not the third yeah. preseason game. I guess teams treat it differently, where Judge treated the third preseason game like the old third preseason game. Dave will treat the second preseason game like the third preseason game. Bring back four preseason games, damn it. Um, the you season should be over games. right now. The playoffs should be next week. Uh, what
3: What do you guys think the line is for this, this game next week? That's actually a really good question. I was wondering
2: the
1: 10.
3: same
2: thing at Candlewick.
3: What do you think, Justin? I've got it.
2: Um, I
1: think it's Eagles minus six and a half. It is 14. Whoa. Whoa. So is Jalen Hurts must be like a must to be back then?
3: I think it's just the Eagles need a win for the one seed and the Giants have nothing to play for.
1: Fantasy draft will be interesting next week. Fantasy draft will will be interesting Justin next had week. Just another bad week this week. Talk ah, Oh, yeah, Jelani should, Woods. Should have, should have taken Michael Pittman, huh? Or one of the Giants receivers,
2: <sighs> or one of the Giants receivers, Richie James. Uh, I I love him. Should have taken him second overall.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: All Tough. right. Wait, whoa, that- whoa, 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 whoa. We barely talked about it, but I need to talk about it more. The Giants scored thirty points today.
1: The Giants has a team since Week Five, two thousand twenty. The First Giants time as on a offense team? since the Andrew Thomas Bowl. That's right. Um,
2: 10, 11, 20. The last time that they scored. 30 You've points become a team. kind of
1: obsessed with the thirty-point thing, so I'm very happy that like that's no longer like you're like the dog chasing the car. Like you, you yeah. you, you caught it. What do you do now? 12-22-19
2: was the last time the Giants often scored over thirty points. And pe- somebody asked me, and I and I guarantee you, there's a lot of people that listen to it that's like, why is Justin so obsessed with scoring over thirty points? Number one, I, I think it's a good way to sustain success. if you if you score points in the NFL and you know maybe there's a couple games here where you know god forbid the Giants get to a shootout you know maybe they can win one of those games but also it's just cool to score points and the last time that the Giants scored 30 points or the last time that everybody else scored 30 points that gap looks very different it looked very different teams sometimes score 30 points by accident the Colts a couple weeks ago scored 33 points
1: in the first look at half. how bad
2: <laughs> look at how bad they are. Some teams score thirty points by accident, even teams like the Texans scored 30 points by accident, and the Giants haven't even been able to do that once throughout the last two calendar years, so it's pretty cool that we were able to do it today and in the fashion that we did it and doing it at home too and also fun fact, the Giants scored twenty four points in the second quarter the last time they scored over twenty points in a single quarter, Bobby, do you know when? No, Julian. Famous game for you, fanboy of Odell. No idea. Week fifteen, two thousand fifteen, versus the Carolina Panthers, where we came back. Oh, okay. That we makes scored sense. twenty-one points in the fourth quarter. But what makes it this even more impressive, guys, is that the Giants scored twenty-four points in the second quarter, and it was in a game-neutral situation. The Giants. I'm. I'm actually going to tomorrow. I'm going to see if I can try and find. Maybe the last time that the Giants scored over 20 points in a single quarter in the first half. Week 15, 2015, the Giants were down 35 to 7 in the fourth quarter, or they were down 28 to 7. They were down by multiple scores. So they came back. Great. They needed to throw the ball. They needed explosive plays. They needed points and they needed them fast. 24 points in the second quarter in a game and kind of like a neutral situation there. Very, very impressive, very, very awesome. I don't care what NFL team you're playing. If you can score 24 points in a given quarter, it's pretty damn good. I'm happy. I we did it. I could stop bitching about it now.
1: Yeah. No more, no more talk about no more reading you that stupid fun fact over and over. We've been reading it for two years, basically. Yeah. Um I wasn't gonna stop until we did it. So we uh we appreciate you guys. Thank you for the fun all season, but the fun is just begun. Uh, so we'll be back mail mailbag pad, pod on Wednesday. Film review, oil and report should all be fun. Um, so we Whoa, will. One more thing, I need to thank everybody
2: since this is the last home game of the year, and I wanted to do this at the end. I didn't want to do it in the beginning. I need to thank everybody who uh, came out to our tailgates this year, whether you said. High for one tailgate, high for one game, because you wanted to come by and you were traveling, or you, know, you were there for most of them. You were there for all of them. Um, I, I really do appreciate you. Um, we really plan on upgrading our tailgate experience next year, so it's going to be bigger, it's going to be better. I want to do Madden tournaments. I want to get catered every game. I want to have cornhole. I want. I really want to make it a fun atmosphere. Something that I really got. I was like th- really thankful for. I can't. I can't believe how many strangers come to our tailgate. And you know, not even just talking to me, but everybody's talking with each other, and it's like, wow, this is like really, really awesome stuff. And when we talk about community and forming a community, this is what we really mean. Um, and even going to the Candlewick Diner after the game, there was like 25 people that joined us at the Candlewick Diner. Um, we and we shared a meal and we celebrated the season together. So thank you to everybody. Last home game. Um, I always get a little, I always get a little bit more sentimental at the last home game rather than just the last game of the season. So thank you to everybody. We love you.
1: We will see you guys on Wednesday for a mailbag pod. Uh, until then. How about that? We well, Let's go. We're going to the playoffs. We'll see you when we see you. Until then, let's go big blue.